Welcome to podcast number 40 of the Swingman podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, George, and I'm joined by Louis and Lewis. Uh, and this is just going to be kind of a, a quick update, brief little podcast, just to talk about the NBA's back, really. It's, it's, it's coming. Um, we're a few weeks away now from the from the get-go and, and everything going on in Orlando. So we just thought we'd uh, take a little trip down kind of what we've got planned so far, what's what's going on with with everything that's, that's, that's been planned and, and how... The NBA is looking really for the for the for the restart. So, um, Louis or Lewis, is there anything you want to kind of kick off with in terms of this? Well, I'll give a. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure people are quite aware by now, but I'll give us a little sort of brief rundown of the format yeah. and how they're going to set this out. So, basically, in early June, the Board of Governors Players Union they both approved plans to restart the season, and they're going to be playing at Walt Disney World Resort, a fine, fine place. Of, Either of you been there? I haven't been there. I have been there, there. yeah. I have. I it's have. Absolutely, I'm not sure it's if they're allowed nice. to... Yeah, it's class. I'm not sure if the uh, NBA players are exactly allowed to roam Epcot or the Animal Kingdom or whatever. <laughs> I think they're just going to... Well, specifically, I think they're just going to be staying in their hotels, basically going out for games practice. A cause of some concern for NBA players, but we'll get onto that a little bit later. But the mm. plan right now includes basically all teams within... I think it was six games of the eighth place in the two conferences because they weren't to include one at least Eastern Conference team that wasn't in the playoffs. <laughs> so that includes yeah. all of the teams that are in the playoffs right now. And then from the West, you've got uh, Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Sacramento Kings and the Phoenix Suns. And then in the East, you've just got the Washington Wizards who will be clambering for that eighth spot. But uh, yeah. they will have to get within four games, I believe of the eighth seed to force a, a, a playing tournament basically and then after that playing tournament we go normal format uh one through eight playoffs like we're used to anyway mm-hmm. so um, i want to ask you two what do you think about that format in particular not not really about the bubble how safe it is we'll, we'll get into that stuff later but yeah just the entertainment value of that i mean i don't mind the format i think that it's especially in the West as well, because I know I know they had to get another East team out mm. who who were outside the playoff positions in, and they they are within close enough of a chance yeah. for, for it to be worth them coming. But though that last couple of positions in in the West, especially with the fact that there's not a lot of games for the regular, I think it's eight eight games for each team for the regular season before it's done, isn't it? Uh, what? How many more regular season games? Yeah, it's eight. Eight, eight it? or seven, something like yeah. that. I can't remember the so, exact. So with that little games left and how close it is there, yeah. you know, one of the most exciting parts of the playoffs might actually be those, those eight games before to find out those playoff seedings because it's so tight mm. at the bottom of the West. Yeah. So that, that yeah. I'm looking forward to. And obviously the playoffs is pretty similar. So we, we're all used to that. Joel, do you have any uh, particular thoughts on that? What, I, I mean, have quite strong feelings on this. So I'll on let the you bubble go itself? First. 
No, on like the format, the the, the way they've decided to do it. Like, I don't like it. Chocolate. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm, well, I wouldn't say I don't like it, but I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, I think. Are they keeping it the same for the? In terms of the regular season, because I saw that they're moving out all of the teams actual courts but they're playing them a lot it's, it basically looks like if anyone has played NBA 2K it basically looks like a park <laughs> court where they've just got multiple courts all yeah. next to each other which if uh, and I don't know the schedule in terms of timings so I, I doubt games basically all day on imagine got, like a World there, there Cup there won't be two on at the same time will there no there won't be I don't yeah, think so but it's going to be uh, I don't know and, and the way that the Premier League's restarted I know that there's been a lot of criticism obviously about there not being fans there but I don't think that there's that much of a drop-off in terms of the broadcasting of it and, and how obviously there wouldn't be that much of a drop-off anyway but I think that the way that they've it seems that they're laying it out I don't think it's gonna I think it's gonna look particularly weird to watch NBA games mm. in that manner like I don't know how they're yeah. gonna create the atmosphere with it yeah, exactly. I think that's the main point. You know, as I said, you know, that might be quite exciting towards the end with, with what's happening in the bottom of the West. But the one thing I'm worried about, and the football, the Premier League restart is a good point, is I must say all of the Premier League games I've watched since they've been back, I've not been a fan of. I haven't really enjoyed it that much. Yeah, but I, I yeah, but not, that... not even that. It's been more the atmosphere and, uh, see, uh, I, I... and how the NBA deals with that. I'm, you know, I don't know how confident I'd be with that. But I'm still excited for it. I, th- I think, I mean, if you want if you want it back, this is basically the only way they'd be able to do it. And even this is contentious. I wouldn't say that I notice a uh, in terms of the quality of, of of the football coming back in particular. There's, there's probably noticeable reasons around other sports as well. But I wouldn't say that the fans not being there it creates the, there's a different vibe to the game. But I wouldn't say that that's necessarily why the players aren't performing as good. I think mm. it's mainly because they've been out for three months and they've not. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't attributing the bad performances no. to the fans not being there. I was just. I, I was putting them two together. I was saying but, that the, there is a drop off, and the fans not being there affects my enjoyment, not their performance. It's just my enjoyment of watching it. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think that although the the players. I think when they when, when when the teams are in their stadium still there is some there is still some aura of wherever it's a home game or an away game granted it takes a little bit away out of it if the home crowd's not there really getting on you and it'll be the same in an NBA arena of any of the 30 teams but mm. I think that the clubs have done a have done a very good job of the kind of the fans like the noises and the typical noises that would be played on a match day like the songs like just any song for any particular team that plays when they're warming up or they've scored or at halftime or anything like that mm. i don't know how they're going to recreate that in the yeah NBA. it's just especially with, if, if they each had their own little arena or something it's potentially yeah, different. That's, obviously that's in orlando way. it's not so it, it looks like it's just going to be training game kind of environments which for the regular season, I'm not that fussed on particularly, especially in this late stage of it. But in the playoffs, it's kind of like when there's like a game seven to kind of, if it, it, like, it's just anything like that. There's not going to be, I think the media will, will do a good job of it, but I have to wait and see. Yeah. Talking about the, uh, the stadiums is a good point because, you know, you get acclimated to your own stadium and, you know, the different dimensions of it and, and where it yeah. is. And obviously, Looking at up, uh, back to the Premier League restart. You know, as you said, they're still in their stadiums, whereas uh, and that does give you a little bit of an advantage. Whereas in Orlando, obviously, 
it's alien to all the teams. So it definitely does throw a spanner in the works. And I know people have been a bit, <laughs> there's been some arguments about certain teams that have gained advantages and lost advantages, but I think we're going to get onto that in some later podcasts. I mean, I had, a, I'm a bit disappointed this is the way they've set out the rest of the season because before that, there were some really interesting ideas floating about in, in terms of like a maybe a World Cup style group stage. Mm. Um, you know, seeding it through one through 16, a more extensive play in tournament, all sorts of different things. And I know Adam Silver was always trying to innovate, change the way things are, or he wants to anyway, change the way things are. And I think this would have been the perfect season to do it, really, because I mean, I think the reason they went for this type of uh, format instead is that they wanted to keep it as close to like what yeah. is the traditional NBA format as possible uh, so that there's not a asterisk, asterisk, sorry, sorry, <laughs> shall asterisk. we say, yeah, against whoever wins this championship. Like, it's just a paper champion. But I think there will be, an, you know, that sort of question mark over whoever wins this season because it's just a completely yeah. different NBA season yep. to the rest of them. Mm. it's not yeah. like a, uh like a like george said a, you know last season where Kawhi leonard or, or the toronto raptors winning because you know kevin durant gets injured clay thompson gets injured this is completely different like there is so many little effects here that will play a part in in the the eventual champion that just mm. wouldn't have happened otherwise and i think they missed an opportunity here to just you know, yeah. change things up a bit it would have been interesting to see if and if that was a better format instead yeah, so you're disappointed at the lack of experimentation. Yeah, the lack of innovation. I, I can get behind that. Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, I will say one part of me is just happy that I'm going to see yeah, the basketball back. But at the same time, yeah, there are these other... And, and I'm being a bit optimistic about it, but there are the issues that that we've said. Yeah, they're definitely going to play a part. I mean, I definitely wanted to see a conclusion to some form this season. I think it would have been you know, a bit harsh say LeBron James loses the entire year like at the end of his career one of his best years ever could have won a championship at least we'll get to see that sort of form of re- resolution now even if that's not what would have happened originally if that makes sense mm. but yeah that, that that is something that disappointed me slightly and like you alluded to a little bit I am a bit worried that maybe some of these players or some teams may not take these games as seriously as if this were a normal season so I mean, with with that being said, I, I did see. I, I haven't kept up as much with all of the kind of the comments and and, and things mm-hmm. just going around because I kind of was just like, it's just going to be a lot of noise right now until um, play resumes, really. But yeah, I did see that Yanis. I don't know if you. I know you mentioned Asterix a minute ago, but I did see that Yanis mentioned that he thinks that this is going to be the hardest championship to win because obviously they've had such a break off. Yeah. They won't have been playing mm. at the level. All, 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 all professional athletes across the globe have, uh, will, will be kind of backing these kind of comments of that. They're obviously not training as much and then they've got to really get back into the spirit of things quickly. And he said that he's going to be the hardest chip to win. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I kind of subscribe to the theory of, you had that ma- idea of match fitness and you know you can do all the training you want but the the real getting up to speed comes when you play those competitive games and sort of you know like playing yourself into form so i do think that it will definitely be a challenge to just go from you know not playing n- not playing for three months like like, like the challenges at the start of any, any nba season but obviously the stakes are much 
much higher here and maybe that's why Louis has those concerns with people not taking it as seriously as others mm. and maybe that speaks to the mentality of some of the some of the players in, in those teams I mean I think in some ways yeah it can be the hardest to win because I mean Yanis particularly he was on the team with a lot of forwards momentum throughout the season yeah that's completely wiped off there's no such thing as form anymore um but I think in that way, it presents an opportunity to the teams that maybe were struggling a little bit throughout the mm. regular season, couldn't get themselves together, say the Philadelphia 76ers or the Houston Rockets. Um, so the 76ers in particular, I think, you know, they didn't have a fully healthy team when the, the league was suspended. Sorry, you know, Ben Simmons was injured, Joe Embiid was injured. Um, they have those players back now. And I think that it can present a little opportunity to some of those types of teams. They'll be an interesting team to watch, I think. But it will be a hard championship to, uh, championship to win because, as I said, the the rhythm, the flow is completely off. And then there's also going to be teams that are literally missing players, like they're not coming to Orlando whatsoever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a massive uh, development in things. And, um, yeah, I mean, whoever wins this championship, like I said, I think there will be a slight question mark over it. But... You know, it is what it is. It has to finish for the money, for the resolution for me anyway. It's going to be um, interesting to see how the, the narrative is played out if, or if, well, when, when an NBA championship is crowned, because it's kind of, if LeBron wins this mm. and then let's say he wins one more, right? And then at the end of his career, when people are obviously going to make the comparisons, even though people will make the comparison now and whatnot, if they, put that asterisk on this one be like oh yeah he won this one because it was yeah, that it was season when it was coronavirus or if they're like yeah but he won that one when there was that season when it was coronavirus I mean I think that one. that'll just depend on people's opinions of LeBron James if you think yeah, a bit I negatively so. about him you're going to swing one way and if you think positively that'll, you're going to swing yeah, another it'll be contentious be, no doubt that'll be a larger I mean Le, Le, LeBron James in particular definitely will be like a larger meta narrative whatever you think of him yeah. that will influence your decision in regards to that I think you you definitely have to sort of regard this championship this season whatever a little differently I don't think whoever wins this or oh, they're not deserving of a championship but it should be treated a little bit differently it's a completely regular season I was a bit disappointed to see that um there will be the, the I mean one the, the Nets have had I, I'd say that they've been the most unlucky team <laughs> that happened yeah this. <laughs> because um, granted with all of this time off I was thinking there's obviously those rumours about if they'd actually go out there with their full strength uh, roster and everything mm. like that but it, it was quite unlucky not to see that well, it was quite unlucky to see one that Spencer Dinwiddie has obviously got coronavirus to yeah that's the best uh... podcast. Um, yeah. but also that obviously they're not taking out their two main all-stars so um they could have had a real, they could have been like a little dark horse that kind of, you wouldn't know what kind of KD and to some respect, what kind of Kyrie you would get. Yeah, but an unknown quantity, yeah. if they go out there and they're fully fit and they're balling out, then they could literally go toe to toe with anyone. So, um, yeah. I would say it, if I was there, I would have made the same decision. I'm not going to probably, yeah. I mean, I, I, like I, see see why they, I think they did the right thing. Yeah, I see why they have. I mean, and also it's, it's given them kind of the perfect runway realistically for the, the start of next year for them to have KD and Kyrie slotted in at the start um, it, and hopefully does, get around 80 games under their belts. But It does suggest to me, like I said before, though, that maybe front offices are not considering this season like one they really have to go for. I know yeah. Kevin Durant, that's a completely different thing because obviously he's coming back from a 
an, an injury that has genuinely ended careers, altered careers, mm. whatever. Um, but I think, I mean, they probably could have played if they wanted to. Yeah, I it agree. Suggests, but... It suggests to me that they're not, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to go full in on the season anyway, but maybe that this uh, particular development in the season has com- like, confirmed that really. I think obviously they had DeAndre Jordan. He got coronavirus as well. He's not going to be playing at all. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie might play. I'm not too sure about that. And Wilson Chandler is also missing for them as well. So they're, they're the most in, like, stricken team of the of the virus, most definitely. And uh, not the well, the Wizards will also be missing Davis Bertons, who's one of their better players. Absolutely, so maybe, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe they could have been licking their lips, looking at the Nets, thinking, "Oh, they're going to drop off if they've got literally like no players like Karis Levert and Jared Allen, and that's it." But now, then, with just Bradley Beal and. You know, a couple without Dallas Batons, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, the West is really where my interests lie. I think yep. in terms of the regular season and a couple of the East, uh, Eastern Conference seedings as well. To be fair, so like, is there anyone in particular in terms of them, or uh, what the Eastern Conference or the Western yeah. Conference? East. Um, well, it was those three, wasn't it? To I think I feel like nailed on. I think it will be uh, Bucks, Toronto, Celtics, top three, regardless. It was more the interchangeability between the Pacers, the Heat, and the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers because you don't want to be on the same side as the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously. Um, yeah. And obviously I'll, those. I'll... Sorry. Go on. I was just going to say as well, we had a big conversation really about how poor the Philadelphia 76ers were yeah, away from home <laughs> and how good they were at home court. And now that's just yeah, not a thing. This is really going to throw a spanner in the works because yeah, that, that was one thing I was really focusing on was where the 76ers were going to end up seeding-wise because of their incredible home form and their awful away form. And I, I really thought they needed to get one of those top four positions. But now, with it being a neutral venue, I, I don't know how they're going to react. Yeah. So they've been so inconsistent all year. Who knows? I, I think mean, that the, it's, it's a two-pronged approach for me when I when I speak about the Sixers on this. I think that the the backing that they'll get at Wells Fargo and the atmosphere they create, I genuinely believe it's one of the best in the NBA, right? Oh, it is, 100%. Yeah, I agree. The the whole, everything from the bell, and everything around the Sixers, the home game makes it a very, it is a fortress to go in that respect, right? When they want to make it there, they are extremely Mm -hmm. tough to beat. I also think that there's then an added pressure when they are playing at home that then they'll have to go out and play at their best. Obviously, then you can transpire this and you can make the assumptions of that, well, when they go away, they don't have this and they'll crumble under. I don't think it's necessarily that if they go and they go and play the Lakers, it's the the fact that the Staples Centre is making them so nervous that they can't play. I don't think it's that. I think it's Mm. that they have that backing so much at the Wells Fargo. And then I also think it's a... It's a bit like, I mean, Louis, as, a, as an Arsenal fan, you can very much speak to your team's away form. But I also mm. think it's a mentality thing that then when they started yeah, going on like a three or four game losing run, yeah. they're like, crap, why are we just not working it away? And then it gets in their head. And then if they have one thing that goes wrong for them, it's like a, a domino effect to it. Yeah, so I potentially agree. they can use this as a fresh start. They've had such an extended break that if I see Embiid getting any form of injury in the first, in these games, are, th- th- then there are serious questions for me now, because if he's not taking this time off and he's, and I mean, and I know they can't train train, but you can see what LeBron James has been doing. Right. And if he's doing it at that age, then there's absolutely no excuse for any player yeah. in the league. For I think, I, I think I see, I've seen a couple journalist tweets that he's actually really working out over this break. 
Yeah. Uh, one one of the few, of course, you know, we have Nikola Jokic on the other side of the conference, and he is yeah. slimmed down massively. Mark Gasol's another one. So I think we, uh, Bede always need, needed to drop those couple, <laughs> couple of pounds, didn't they, really? And I yeah. think this is the perfect so- time for it. I mean, for me, if 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 he gets injured in the first few games, then there's going to be big questions around him from the Sixers' office. I think, and I'm not saying that they should trade him. I definitely don't. I, I am not a, a member of the party that is trying to suggest that they need to split up Simmons and Embiid. But if he's getting injured this much, then that's a potential reason to trade I'm him, not-, not because of how they play on the court. I'm not sure if uh, him getting injured now would necessarily be like a trigger for that because I can see play I can see players getting injured throughout. Yeah, this, you know. there's probably going to be a higher amount of injuries than than usual at this point in the season. And even more jarringly, there could be an instance where we're halfway through like a Western Conference final, shall we say, between the Clippers and the Lakers, and there's there is the potential that someone like LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard they they get coronavirus and they have to quarantine that two weeks. They won't be able to play the rest of the series. But that's a genuine, you know, concern. for Yeah. yeah. It's it's been interesting looking at it because, you know, as the days have gone on, the, the, the number of players that have come out and said that they, they've contracted the coronavirus. It's not stopping. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely an issue. Yeah. I mean, America's a different kettle of fish in comparison to what's been happening here in the UK with, with the Premier League and, and football for things like that. But, uh, I what what I'd like to know is that if a player, well, I mean, take Spencer Dinwiddie for example, or or anyone else, if they get the coronavirus and then they make a full recovery, are they going to be allowed to play in the playoffs? Yeah, or... if they'd have to do the two weeks and then they they can come back, I think. Come back. Yeah, and so, I mean, I mean it, it's a potential. I mean, that's where Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has been doing two week game rest all season, <laughs> so it's not really an issue for him. But it's mm-hmm. the, yeah, he's used to. Um, it's going to be it's going to be one to take into account, and that. It's it, it's going to be that that would be the asterisk, I think. If if you get in a Lakers Clippers yeah. or something like that, and then Kawhi Leonard goes down, then yeah. obviously there's your asterisk for it. But I mean, yeah, I think that's you know you can't fit th- those kind of things, even with like re- injuries in the regular in the regular seasons. You, yeah, you can't predict it, but I feel like obviously, like you said, Premier League England's completely different thing. But I feel like, and I know that NBA players have criticised the way they're doing the bubble. How safe is it? Etc. Mm. I feel like most definitely it is a more safer, controlled environment than, say, the Premier League players are playing in now because they're not traveling yeah, I mean, all around you, the country. You just have to look at how uh, at the details of the plan, and you know they've even gone down to how the players and the teams' laundry gets handled. Mm. The you know the sessions for sanitizing, cleaning the courts in between <laughs> when the teams play. You know, obviously you can never can make it completely safe, but I will say. They are really trying to make this as safe as possible now that they've decided that they're going to finish it. I feel fairly confident in saying that when it, it that scenario I just relayed, where you know Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James gets coronavirus in the Western Conference, I feel like that's not going to happen. I feel quite yeah, confident I do. In that personally. I'm not going to say 100% that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because it could easily do. But you know, I feel like that environment that they've that they're creating there is is as safe as it can be really i can understand the gripes they have maybe with um you know staying away for that long from their families uh and obviously there was also uh, i think the concerns that Kyrie highlighted uh particularly where like you know uh 
in terms of social justice and things like that and highlighting that. I can understand both of those concerns massively, but I feel like mm. you can't fault the NBA here for not caring about the player's safety. I think they've yeah, held well, that in the highest now, now regard that they've, throughout. Now that they've made the decision to go on with it, I think one, once you accept that, mm. then you see what they've done, the plans they've made, and even some of the things they've said on including that social justice and having it being one of their main goals. Obviously, I'm not going to... I'm not going to applaud or criticize anything about it yet because we haven't seen it happen yet. Mm, yeah, and, you know, and when they do, when they do, when we do see how they implement it, we can, you know, assess oh, it then. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of what they've said, it seems like they're taking a very serious approach to it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Kyrie in particular attracts a lot of criticism. He's a bit of a lightning rod, on and off the court, really. Um, but I don't think you can really fault him in this regard. I know a lot of people were annoyed when he was yeah, seemingly the, the sort of leader of a coup against the NBA restarting, which is kind of a it's, a... it's a narrative, I think, maybe falsified by people who really want to see the NBA back. But he is... Yeah. Was he the vice president of the NBA Players Association? Something yeah. like that. I mean... He, they could have. I feel like before he said anything, they were just going. All the players, they were fine with going along with it. Whatever. I mean, LeBron James, Chris Paul is the the president. They seem to be fine with everything. The NBA were having their way. I think it needs. You need sort of a uh, alternating or a contrasting voice, maybe to bring about things that are better for you, really better for the group as a whole. And I think he has yeah. done that actually. Yeah, and I would say as well. You know, a lot of people have spoken about maybe some dressing rooms or some teams having some fractured relationships because of certain <laughs> players deciding not to attend the uh, the, oh, the rest of the season. I thought you were going for and, the uh, bear there. No, no, I was I was going to that. I wasn't just talking about yeah. just teams in general and relationships in general. This is purely for people that have decided not to go. Yeah. And I will say... Personally, I don't think that will be an issue. And I don't think anyone should have an issue with it, someone that doesn't want to participate because of the fact that we're in a global pandemic. And I don't think anyone should be criticised for that. Everyone's entitled to their uh, to their opinion on what they want to do. Yeah, and alternating reasons, I think, for a lot of players yeah. coming here. Injury. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, that he had surgery. Um I think Davis Bertons may be the most intriguing one of those who isn't going because he's stated purely that he doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to risk injury. He's he's a free agent this summer and he could be in for a big payday, mm. you know. Um, so you know, I don't think that you can be criticised for that either. You got to look after look after yourself, look after your personal interests because ultimately, then you know this isn't really for the fans because there's not going to be anyone there. This is mainly yeah. for TV money owners. And they have to take that into account that if they don't play, then, yeah, their money, mm, the next collective bargaining agreement, it will be less. It will be because mm. less TV, less advertising, you know, it all feeds into one another. So, um, But I think something Patrick Beverly said, which I think resonated quite well, was that if LeBron plays, we're all going to play, basically. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's quite accurate and quite true. Yeah, I know a few yeah. people were discussing of the of the any hidden meanings behind that thing that Patrick Beverly said. <laughs> I, I'd take it at face value, to be honest. Yeah, I would do as well. Um, I mean, I know we're gonna do we're gonna do another podcast before um, 
portal kicks off again, just to go through kind of some of the teams, some of the signings, to potentially just run down what we should be expecting from them, if our expectations have increased or decreased from what we would have been at the start of the season anyway. Um, but, I mean, from from you guys here, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting one to look at, of that when we're, when we're going through here and, and we're talking about the free agency class that was obviously going to be this year and then with the draft mm. as well, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how rookies adapt next year because we don't know what NBA we're going to get next year. We don't even know realistically if this season could finish because in America, if another massive outbreak happens, mm. there's no guarantees that this Orlando bubble will conclude. But um, I, I just wanted to just chime in. I know it's a little bit off topic from Orlando now, but how you think that kind of a rookie season oh, and the draft okay. is going to affect for them next year. Have you got any thoughts on that? I mean, it will be. I can't remember exactly when they're doing the. Is it like November, October? It's all going to be massively delayed. Yeah. Um. It it also depends on wh- whether there'll be crowds by the time the next season comes along, because that's a massive thing as well. You know, you go from obviously college basketball. Yeah, that is quite hectic in America, most definitely. But NBA crowds, NBA arenas, different different stuff. Um, yeah. And I mean, with we haven't really gone into depth in terms of the rookie class this year, but I don't think there's a load of great talent in there. Um, I'm not sure if I could put a pin on, like, say how this, you know, season will affect this virus, sorry, this outbreak will affect the rookie class particularly. I think a lot of what it will affect is sort of extensions, I feel. You know, uh, the rookie class, well, the ones who are getting their max rookie extensions this year, they've demanded sort of insurance on their contracts and stuff like that. I'd be interested to see uh, how that plays out, but I'm not, I'm not going to make any sort of wild speculation on terms of uh, rookies next year. Mm, Yeah. I I think the interesting thing, and maybe the point I think you might've been alluding to George was how in terms of the draft, how the teams in the NBA are gonna analyze how how they're gonna draft and analyze uh, these okay. players? Yeah, now mm-hmm. with such a long layoff, I think that was if if I'm mistaken, tell me, George. I think that was more what you were going for than yeah, a little bit. Oh, is it? Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because I mean, you know, it, it, maybe an aspect of it is those big games and those championship games that you see at the collegiate level or yeah, the NCAA. or anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. And and how much that plays into certain teams thinking than others and maybe that affects how they draft, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, it yeah. most definitely has a massive effect, I think. I mean, yeah. I feel like people lock in their draft choices before the NCAA tournament even comes to things. I think they just use it as sort of like a, a confirmation of what they already know, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, so, John so Morant, from, Zion were stars before the NCAA tournament. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, so yeah, they're really good. I think, I think those top players or perceived top players will probably remain the same regardless. Maybe the order will change a little bit between yeah. them, though. I think we will see quite a wild one, if you know what I mean, like where people do their mock drafts, they're quite, you know, they're usually on the money varied, more often yeah. than not. I feel like there could be someone who you like people put 16 or 17 and they somehow go like fourth. Yeah, I think that was the case with this draft anyway this year because, you know, there's, as I said, there's not a standout player. There's not a great load of talent. 
but mm. you know the, the outbreak definitely hasn't helped things in terms of assessing prospects I mean that as well but also to just to kind of throw in there quickly that the if this season did get cancelled for any reason if there is another COVID outbreak or what what not the the force majeure rule being kicked in would have massive implications towards the next season starting and there being an NBA lockdown again from the players because obviously mm. I mean for anyone listening out there so the the NBA has this kind of force majeure rule that if all the games don't get played then obviously teams won't be making money and that to stop them teams hurting themselves financially that there's a, a basically a rule to stop teams be that allows teams to not pay players and honor their contracts to an extent team players are normally mm-hmm. compensated kind of twice a month they'll get a pay packet and then they'll be compensated over 12 months terms in their contracts um but the force majeure rule would would stop that and it's not to suggest that the teams will then have license to just not pay lebron james his 30 million dollars but it's more of that that money would then be held in escrow and an account until things get resumed but with such uncertainty especially in america of what's happening if this was to stop and play was to be halted again and this season couldn't be finished for whatever reason and then it's putting into jeopardy the start of the 21-22 season players are not going to be willing and and self to to jump forward and start especially if they're not getting paid to uh, especially when there's free agency out there and and things like that so it's going to be very interesting to see how that affects not only just orlando but the start of next year because a lot of players were quite vocal on this force majeure rule and it's deemed unfair towards them, but it's, it is there for the protection of the league in that respect. Um, but it's going to be weird to see just, just as another kind of um, hypothetical instance that could happen, that could, that could be faltering for the NBA here. Yeah. yeah really there's just a good point. many factors. Yeah. And that, that is a good point. That much. That could create some friction between the players and the league. Who knows? I know there was a few mutterings of a league run by players as an alternative that was thrown about. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how much. I'm, I, how I, much I feel like that was. Through. I feel like that was tongue in cheek. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah, like I agree. Referring to the Kyrie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, agree. I, I feel like that was a joke, and someone said it to a reporter, and I think he left the group chat after that, which is quite sad. If that's Brooklyn Nets group chat, uh, that's especially double sad for. Who do you reckon um, the admin of the Brooklyn Nets group chat is? I'm going to say Joe Harris. <laughs> no, no, <He's> a, <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, he's got. Who's always on their phone? Come on, mate. You know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, is he, has he got? Is there two accounts in there? And is the admin on one of them? His name is a secret. DK. There's some like. Uh, was it like 12 day contract or whatever? They just randomly sign someone so he can uh, add himself again to the group chat just to yeah. be a bit of a spy. Um, I mean, yeah, this is a, as you've heard several times, I'm sure unprecedented times and the NBA is feeling the full brunt of that. I think every single major sport league is most definitely, but yeah, unfortunately affected the NBA at a time where it's literally in the middle of the season, whereas, you know, NFL, they're not playing right now. Uh, so I don't think this has to be a negative thing, though. I think they can change things for the positive. That's why I was a bit disappointed that they uh, didn't change the format here, try out something different. But I always feel that they should start in December. I think that's a better starting point for them anyway. Yeah, and, and you know, we take the Premier League as, as the nearest example to it. But there are other sports who have come back mm. with the coronavirus and I, I would say that they've done a very good job one one of them being the ufc i've watched 
yeah. a few of the UFC fight nights since then, and I've actually, you know, I've found them really entertaining just as much as as they were previous. Unlike the Premier League, which on the flip side, I found a lot less entertaining. So we, well, no, we won't know until it actually gets going. What'd you yeah, prefer? I've, been bit, I've, yeah. I've been a bit doom and gloom, but I am very excited for basketball to return. Mm. Oh yeah, I am. I know I sound a bit doom and gloom on the, the whole format thing, but I am excited to see these these players coming in and I want to I want to see resolution to the, the narratives that started in this season really I want to see Luca in the playoffs I want to see Zion challenging I mean we'll have more in-depth conversation about that playing tournament yeah. but I think that could be like a really really good ending to the season you know because remember that game between Minnesota and Denver you know the uh one a couple of seasons ago where whoever won got into the playoffs uh yeah. during the one talk about Jimmy Butler cart yeah I feel like that could have the same sort of magic here, and that's something I'm really looking forward to when this uh, season gets back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, well, we're going to be doing a podcast to run through some of the stuff, like I previously mentioned, and we'll go mm-hmm. through some of the players that have been signed on in that little tight tight window that players were, teams were given to sign emergency players that to fill up spots of the, uh, players that didn't want to didn't want to go, or just if they had spare spots available. So. Um, but we'll do one of them soon. But we'll wrap this one up here. This was just a short little podcast, just to really talk about the gen the general area of Orlando and what the the space is right now with the NBA returning. So, um, but make sure you're following us on our socials. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook at Swingman Pod. Uh, you can also check us out at www.swingmanpod.com. Um, we're also on YouTube now, so if you want to go and have a little look at that, we've got a uh, little montage of our top 20 players of all time on there, and there'll be some more stuff that comes as the season progresses and kick starts again. Um, so thank you very much for listening, and we'll get you in the next one. Peace. <laughs>